Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand, church. What's up? Can I ask everyone to stand up in all our campuses? We want to welcome all our campuses, all our microsites, Donovan State Prison, Juvenile Hall, all the people in the military. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Uh, a few announcements before I pray. Um, one, uh, over the summer we were asking for people to give over and above uh, their finances, and we had a goal of a million dollars. We got to about 800000 so we want to thank all of y'all who gave. Thank you very much for your thank graciousness and faithfulness. If you are watching the news, you saw the um, protests from the white supremacists yesterday in Virginia, and we just want to say unequivocally that is from the pit of hell. We will not have that here, and we are thankful for the diversity we have in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And towards that end, uh, and we have the privilege of being able to do this in, in our church very few churches are diverse, which is a very sad commentary on the power of the love of God. Um, most churches are very segregated, and, uh, but we are not. We've had this since day one, so I want to take advantage of that. And for 30 seconds, I want you to find someone that doesn't look like you. And, and by the way, if it's your spouse that don't count, don't bring it. <laughs> someone you don't know. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to look him in the eye. I want you to tell him I love you. Amen. Let's do that. Let's do that. Give him a hug. Tell him I love you. I feel it, 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 I feel it. Yeah, I guess y'all can sit down, y'all can sit down. Amen, amen. When we come together, we come together to be not in our presence, but we come together to be in the presence of God, amen. Lord, we thank you that you allow us to be in your presence today. And we pray you teach us, encourage us, train us, disciple us, transform us. Lord, we need to be the light of this nation and this world. The government's not going to do it. The president's not going to do it. The church needs to do it. And we need to demonstrate unconditional self-sacrificial love for one another here in this building and in our churches all over the San Diego. And then when we leave the building and go to work tomorrow, when we go to, to our softball game, we need to take it with us. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Let's get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out. On the count of three, if you're a visitor, what we do is we lift our Bibles up and say word. One, two, three, say word. word. One more time, say word. word. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, T-H, towards the back of the Bible, chapter 5. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. I'm so excited. We are, have a, we are continuing our series called Kingdom Warrior. Everyone say Kingdom Warrior. Years ago, um, the owner of the San Diego Padres uh, was going to church here. He has since uh, sold the team. And when he was here, he gave us tickets to his box. Uh, not like every day, but just we went once. And we got into the box, and, you know, there's, there's, there's certain secret doors and secret levels at different levels, you know what I'm saying, that you don't know about unless you know about them. So we got the ticket, and we went to the box, and when we got in the box, he says, oh, by the way, you know you can, if you, with this ticket, you can go down to those seats right behind home plate. I was like, for reals? 
So we went down to the home plate. On the way down, we walked through a buffet. I was like, snap, I didn't know this was here. Of course, y'all don't know. This is this ticket right here. Then when you, when you get to the seat, they actually serve, you can order food, and they bring it to you. And I was like, can someone explain to me all the leverage I have with this ticket right here? We are continuing our series called Kingdom Warrior. Everyone say Kingdom Warrior. If you are going to be a kingdom warrior, you need to know your kingdom identity and all the leverage and power and authority that you have with your kingdom identity. Look in your lesson plan. We have one fill-in today, but a whole bunch of stuff to read. One fill-in that is very, very critical, which sums up everything we're going to do today. In your notes, it says... The kingdom, kingdom warriors wage war based on their kingdom of God identity, not their kingdom of Satan identity. You need to know that when you are fighting the war that we're going to talk about, and we started last week the series, that you must fight your spiritual battles based on who God says you are, not who the devil says you are or your mother says you are or your critic says you are or society says you are. Who does God say you are? That is who you are. And so we're going to talk about that today. Can I get an amen? Okay, let's do a little review. How many of y'all weren't here last week in all the campuses? Raise your hand if you were not in church last week. Some of y'all are like, I don't want to admit that I wasn't here last week. Raise your hand real high. It's okay. It's okay. We're going okay, to pray for all y'all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for coming this week. You can come back next week. I'm telling you, consecutive weeks really does a lot of good for your soul. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. Here, here, let's do a little review. Um, there are two kingdoms that we're talking about. How many kingdoms are there? In the spirit world. There's spirit world there. How many kingdoms? There's a kingdom of, very good, it's not a trick question, it's very simple, real first grade stuff. There's a kingdom of, say it with confidence, kingdom of, very good, and the kingdom of, very good. Let's say the devil, okay? It's the same thing. Kingdom of, the kingdom of, they are at war with each other. They are what? They were at what? The kingdom of, the kingdom of, and they are at very good. A, a warrior is a relentless, trained, fierce fighter. Say fighter. Very good. A warrior is a relentless, trained, fierce, disciplined. What? Very good. How many kingdoms are there? Kingdom of? Kingdom of? They're at? And the kingdom warrior, which is what we are supposed to be, are fierce, trained, disciplined what? Say it again. Very good. A kingdom warrior, which is what you and I are supposed to be, we do two things with the kingdom of God. We declare it and we demonstrate it. We what? And we, very important, not just, hey, you're a, you're, you're a sinner, you need to go to hell, which, by the way, you should very rarely say. Don't focus on, don't focus on, on telling people what they should do. Ask them how you can serve them. Another story. But... You declare the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has arrived, but then you demonstrate it by the power of God in and through your life. More important than declaring it. You, the best way to declare it is to demonstrate it. And the best way to demonstrate it is to live it. If you are living it, shut your mouth. If you're not living it, don't talk. Make sure you live it first. Amen. How many kingdoms? How many kingdoms? Kingdom of? Kingdom of? They're at? A warrior is a fierce, relentless, trained what? Very good. And a kingdom warrior does what to the kingdom of God? He what? And she what? 
and the kingdom of warrior destroys the works of the devil. Say what? Say it again. Say it again. Very good. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. Now, let's do this kingdom of warrior prayer. We had a prayer last week that if you weren't here, you're here now. I'm going to read this out loud. This is our declaration that we are praying to God we want to be in our life. We want to be a kingdom warrior. What's a kingdom warrior? Someone who declares and demonstrates the kingdom of God. What does that mean? You live it and then you bring it out the building and you declare it and demonstrate it out there. How does that mean? Share your faith. Pray for miracles in people's lives. Healings. Deliverance. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about all that because a lot of people bound up. Amen. And the only way they're going to be unbound is by the spirit of God through someone's life, through a kingdom warrior's life. Not someone who just goes to church or someone who just claims to be a Christian. God has not called you to that. He's called you to go out and do it. Amen. Can I get amen? Uh, okay, whether you believe it or not, just say amen because it's true. Amen. Okay, now you believe it. Okay, very good. Here we go. Let's read this out loud with confidence. It, 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 there's several verses to it. One, two, three. Heavenly Father, as a kingdom warrior, my desire is to demonstrate the kingdom of God with my life, destroying the works of the devil. As a kingdom warrior, I must have a clear understanding of my identity in Christ. My identity will dictate the authority and the power you have given me. We're going to talk about that today. As a kingdom warrior, I cannot fulfill my mission without the Spirit of God moving through my life. Therefore, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to fill me with a powerful anointing. Fall upon me and equip me as a warrior for the battle. Next week we're going to talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, sookie, sookie now. Let's go. One more, one, two, three. As a kingdom warrior, I must have a renewed mind in order to take every thought captive, dwelling only on thoughts that are acceptable to you. In two weeks, we're going to talk about having your mind renewed. Your biggest enemy, the devil, uses you, your mind. This is right here. This is, this is the battle right here. Very important battle. Next one. As a kingdom warrior, I will create an atmosphere of faith by speaking life to everyone I meet. How do we do that? God loves every single one of you. He knows all your garbage and he has amazing plans for you. I'm telling you that as fact. Speaking life to you. He wants to do a miracle in your life every day. Next one. As a kingdom warrior, I will view with my eyes every situation from your perspective, focusing on what you are doing more than what Satan is doing. You need $500 more for your rent and someone give you $10 and you start whining and complaining about the 490 you still need. I need 490 more. Shut up and praise God for the 10. Take the 10 planet and may it grow into $5,000. But look at what God's doing versus what Satan's doing. Amen. The devil wants you to focus on all, oh, it's, it's sunny out. Oh, I'm going to get sunburned. No, enjoy the sun, fool. Get a tan. Okay. <laughs> Y'all know those people, right? Negative, negative, negative. And by the way, that's the devil. God, God ain't negative. God ain't negative. He loves you. I'm getting gray hair. Oh, people notice you better in the crowd. <laughs> oh, I'm gaining weight. Oh, you get to take two seats. Don't worry about it. You got more room. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't trip. Don't trip. 
Don't worry about it. I'm getting skinny. You have more room. Whatever, however God looks at the better. Look at the last one. Listen. As a kingdom warrior, say it again. As a kingdom warrior, my hands, wave your hands in the air like you just don't care, okay? My hands, my hands must carry the powerful anointing of God that breaks the chains on people's lives that you can pray for people and they can get healed. By the way, three or four weeks from now, we're going to pray for people and people are going to get healed. And you're going to be like, what does that mean? It's going to be really simple. You're just going to say, dear God, bless them, and something's going to happen that you can't do. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Are we done? Okay. Okay. First Thessalonians. Let's read this real quick. Who is our teacher? Say the Holy Spirit. Who is our teacher? Who is our teacher? Holy Spirit, I pray you teach us. Speak to us. Give people the faith to receive this information and process it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. Every single one of us is body. and we'll say body. Soul. Say soul. And spirit. Say spirit. Every single one of us is body. Say body. Say soul. Say spirit. Very important. We have three parts, and they're distinct, but they work together. This is very important to understand because not understanding this causes us to be confused about why we pray and read the Bible and go to church, yet we still struggle with stuff that we were supposed to be forgiven of. We pray and we read all the stuff, we remember our scripture, yet we still struggle with the same sin. We don't change. We all know what that's like. We all have those strongholds in our life that you may be having spiritual victory in this area, but there's areas in your life that just can't break them. Can I get amen if you know what I'm talking about? Yet the Bible says that you're forgiven, and the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ, but yet you don't. Why is that? You have a body, you have a soul, you have a spirit. Okay, let's read this real quick. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself, Jesus, Sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who will do it. Another verse, let me read this to you, Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharpened in a two-edged sword. God's word is living and active, sharpened in a two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and the spirit and joints and marrow. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. What we're going to talk about is how the characteristics about the body, characteristics about the soul, and characteristics about the spirit. The same characteristics, we'll look at how they operate differently. Are y'all following me? Okay, first is the body. Let's look at the body. Now, the body is your physical body. By the way, in your notes, it should say, it should have a blank line before body, a blank line before soul, and before, just write your name in it. Because it's, you, you should write, I would write Miles' body, Miles' soul, Miles' spirit. You write, you know, whatever your name is. Okay? Same man if you know what I'm talking about. It's not complicated. I'm real simple. Real simple. Okay? If some of y'all think this is real simple, that's supposed to be. Okay. Everyone say body. You, your body is your physical body. Right here. Hear that? Everyone got a physical body. Just tap it real quick. Don't hurt yourself. Okay, very good. Your body interacts with the physical world. You walk, you feel, you breathe, you touch things, okay. You can, you can touch your body and, and, and feel it and hurt, okay. Your body interacts with the physical world. 
Your body identity, how do you know your body identity? Established by what you see in the mirror. How do I know what I look like? I go in the mirror. I got dressed, got my black shoes on, I got my green pants. Green was my favorite color as a kid. I got my green socks right there. Hey, okay. And then I got my black shirt. And so how do I know how this looks? I look in the mirror and I go, bam, just like that. Now I may. <laughs> Are you following me? So the, the way you know what your physical body looks like is you look in the mirror. You don't, you don't think, you don't question, you don't like, man, I, I, you don't feel it. In other words, I, I think I feel like I look good and then go to work. You don't trust that. Can I get an amen? <laughs> no. You don't get dressed. Well. I, think, I think I feel good. and just You always look in the mirror. Can I get an amen? Okay, very good. So your, your identity is established by what you see in the mirror. This is going to be very important for us later. Salvation impact on your body. It depends. In other words, if you weigh 200 pounds when you get saved, you're going to weigh 200 pounds after you get saved. If you're six foot when you get saved, you're going to be six foot right after you get saved. If you can't do math when you get saved, you still can't do math when you get saved. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? This is very important because when you get saved and you think, well, how come I'm still fat? Well, that has nothing to do with your body. <laughs> Yet, right, you still got to go to the gym. Okay, are y'all following me? Very important. Okay, next, next slide. Soul. This is the battle. Your soul is your mind, your conscience, your will, your emotions, your personality. This is who you are. This makes you you. Your mind. This is where the devil battles you. In your mind, in your conscience, in your will, in your emotions, in your personality. Your soul interacts with your spirit and your body. How do you know the identity of your soul? The condition of your soul is established by what you feel and think. In other words, if you wake up sad, you think, well, something's wrong. That's how you identify with what's going on in your soul, by your feelings, what people say, what you think, your thoughts. You don't look in a mirror. You, look at your, you see what you feel. You, don't, you, don't, you can't look in a physical mirror and, and see your soul. You can you see what your soul's doing, but it's really what you feel, what you think, and, and, and it's impacted by what people say, and then you start tripping in your mind because you're crazy. I don't mean you're literally crazy, you know, just kind of normal crazy. You know, everybody's got a little craziness in them, okay? Because, you know, you, you just trip on stuff. Someone may say one little thing, and you, your mind starts going all to doomsday. Can I get amen? The sky's falling. Okay, so you're... you're, you're Identity is by what you think and what you feel. The salvation impact on your soul, it depends. Now, if you're saved, it's going to go to heaven, but you may, your soul may never change. What I mean by that, your thinking may never change. This is an experience for a lot of people. They get saved and yet they still struggle mentally, emotionally with the same issues. Same men if you know what I'm talking about. And let me say it another way. You get saved and some things may change, but some things never change. They may even get worse. And you're like, why? You try harder and harder, but your soul is not changing. Your mind is not changing. Your thoughts aren't changing. Your emotions aren't changing. Your perspective on life is not changing. Your perspective on your friends and how people see you and how you think people see you is not changed. But you read the Bible and you pray, but there's still your experience, your everyday experience is still horrible. Or not change. Are, you, are we clear? D am I making sense? Yes. Very good. Spirit. This is where we have to really get clarity. Body, soul, spirit. 
Your, sp- your spirit is your spiritual self, the spirit man, the Bible calls it. It interacts with God. When you pray, God communicates to you through your spirit. He's not talking in your ear, even though you may sense that. He's not talking to your mind. He's talking to your spirit. Now, remember, your mind can interact with your spirit. God is interacting right here. He interacts with Matter of fact, turn to your Bible. Look in your Bible at Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. Romans 8. It says, Romans 8, 15 and 16. It says, when you got saved, the spirit you received does not make you a slave so that you live in fear. Uh, raise your hand if you have bouts of fear. It could be a moment, it could be a day. Just raise your hand real high. People come up to me all the time and say, I have so much fear. That is a spirit There is a spirit of fear. Some translations of this very verse says you have not received a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of bondage. There's a lying spirit. These are the activities of demons in your life lying to you. They're not not possessed. They're lying to you. That's why you can be driving around, everything's fine, and all of a sudden you get fear. And your mind starts going to these crazy places. You're in a spiritual war right there. Spiritual warfare. That's what that spiritual warfare is, okay? You have not received, and by the way, we're going to spend probably a couple of months just on the spiritual warfare we go through and how to fight that spiritual warfare that happens right here and all the different spiritual types of warfare in your life, in our lives, and how to beat them down because you have to beat it down here before you can beat it down here. Okay, the spirit you receive does not make you a slave or a bondage so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive, the Holy Spirit, brought you about your adoption to sonship. When, when the Holy Spirit came on you, you were adopted as a child to God. Say adopted. You're not, you're not an orphan. The Holy Spirit said, you're now my child. That's your identity. That's your ticket down to the seat behind first place at first base at the Padre game getting a steak sandwich. I don't know if they have a steak sandwich, but in heaven you got a steak sandwich, okay? Are you following me? And it says, and by that spirit you cry, Abba, Father. Daddy, if you go to Israel, you hear little kids going, Abba, 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 Daddy, 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 Daddy. The spirit himself testifies with your spirit that you are God's child. God's spirit himself says, you belong to me. You belong to me. I'm telling you, you belong to me. You've been forgiven. You're a co-heir. You see that the right hand of the Father. He's constantly telling you who you belong to. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Are y'all following what I'm saying? And why the Spirit of God is telling you that? Your mind is telling you something different. That's why your mind must be renewed. Romans 12, <laughs> present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be transform, conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to do that in two weeks. We're going to talk about renewing of your mind in two weeks. Your mind has to be renewed so you can accept the things of God that he's told you that are true. You can't be a kingdom warrior if you're being ruled by your mind, not the spirit. Two different things. That's the war. <laughs> you can walk in the flesh, follow the deeds of the flesh, or follow the deeds of the spirit. You interact with God, your identity is established by God's word. In other words, when I look in the mirror, I look at my physical body. I do not look at my spirit. I don't look at my mind. Now, I may look at what my mind did. <laughs> okay? Because some people come out of the house and you're like, what were you thinking? <laughs> 
but I'm looking at my physical body. How do I look at my spirit? How do I know the condition of my spiritual condition in Christ? I look at the Bible. It has nothing to do, if I, it has nothing to do with what's in my mind. In other words, if my mind is telling me you're not forgiven, that has nothing to do with the reality of what God says. I can't focus on my emotions, on my mind, on my, on, on, on my, persona- on my personality. My personality may want to go, 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 and God says, stop. My personality may want to stop, and God says, go. That, that can't dictate how I live. The word of God must dictate how I live. Turn to, turn to James chapter 1, verse 23. James 1, 23. It says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he is like a man observing himself, his natural face, his physical face in a mirror For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forget what kind of man he is. So in other words, if you get up in the morning and you get dressed and you do your hair and whatever, and and undoubtedly, I don't know anybody who doesn't look in the mirror, but let's hypothetically assume we all, is that a fair assumption that we all look in the mirror before we leave? Can I get a minute? Okay, so we look in the mirror. Some of y'all just look at this. Some of y'all got to see the whole program, how I coordinate, bam, 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 bam. And even if I ask my wife, how do I look? If she says, you look fine, I'm still going to look in the mirror. Because I trust her, but then, you know, I got to know for myself. All right? So it's like you go in the mirror and you look in the mirror. It's like, it's like you look in the mirror and, and by the way, if, if you do this, we, y'all need to pray. You look in the mirror and you go, I look fine. And then you get in the car and go, I don't look fine. Well, you just saw yourself. And then you look in the mirror and you go, I look fine. And you walk around all day thinking you look, you look dumb. I look in the mirror. I look fine. I got black, green, black. It coordinate. <laughs> and then I walk around all day going, I'm not coordinated. I'm not coordinated. You just, you just coordinated. You saw it in the mirror, but now you walk around like it ain't true. That person is like this person. It says, verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, and continues in it, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. In other words, how do you know who you are in God's eyes? Has nothing to do with what you feel. Has nothing to do with what people tell you unless they're telling you what God says. The word of God dictates who you are in the spirit. The word of God. God is telling you, here's who you are, your spirit man. When you get saved, something happens. Actually, a lot of things happen, and they are done. Look what it says. The salvation impact, you are a completely new creation. Let me go back. Salvation impact of your soul, it depends. Salvation impact of your body, it depends. Salvation impact of your spirit, you are completely new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, by the way, say in Christ. <laughs> your old man was resurrected. You were born again. You became alive and you are now, if you, if you want to visualize it, it's a mystery, but now you are in 
Christ. In other words, when the Father looks at you, he looks through his Son. He looks through his righteousness, his holiness, his blood, and he sees nothing but holiness when he looks at this part of who you are. And here's the other thing. We're going to see this in a minute. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. We'll get to that in a minute. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say in Christ. If you want to visualize something, you're a visual person, I'm a visual person. I want you to visualize you're in Christ. He's got you so enveloped that no one can see you anymore. They just see Jesus, but they hear your voice. That's who you are. That don't change. Now, you may not feel it. You may feel it. You may not feel it. It ain't got nothing to do with what's happening here. It ain't got nothing to do with your thoughts and your, and your feelings and your emotions and people's opinions. This is fact. If anyone's in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Everyone say new creation. The old is gone. Old things have passed away. All things are new. Well, how come I still worry about this? Because that's what's happening over here. How come I still, I'm still jealous? That's because that's what's happening over here. How come I'm still, I still gossip? Because that's what's happening over here. Now, before we get to this, this needs to change. This is the, the, your sanctifying process, you've grown as a Christian, is this being transformed, not that. I'm right, I, I have the righteousness of Jesus, not my own righteousness. And not because I did anything wrong, because God graciously forgave me and put me in Christ. Resurrected me. It's not me, Galatians 2.20, but Christ living in me. Ephesians chapter 2. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. It says, but God who is rich in mercy, chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. You know that God loves you with a great love? You know that God greatly loves you? You know that God can't love you anymore? Say God loves me. Now, your mind is telling you, no, he don't. Your emotions will tell you, well, I don't feel like it, but that doesn't change the fact. That's your battle. I, was at a, I, I met a lady the other day. She was saying, I, I'm, I'm fighting discouragement, depression, and, and, and I feel fear. I'm walking in fear. And the doctors gave me medicine. I said, okay, I'm not going to say the medicine's not bad, but if, the spirit, if a spirit of fear is messing with you, they're laughing at the medicine. You need to come against them with spiritual weapons. We're going to talk about that in the coming weeks, but I'm telling you, it's the word of God in prayer. So when God says he loves you and your mind says, no, he doesn't, you have to take that thought captive and make it obedient. Say, you're a lying devil. God loves me. That's your battle right there. And look what it says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 verse to 6. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, before we got saved, we were dead. Look what he did. He made us alive in Christ and raised us up, resurrected our spirit, therefore made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. We are in Christ. You, your spirit at the right hand of the Father. Ah, what does that mean? I don't know. Here's what I know. And, and, and I'm not telling you to do this. This is what I do. This works for me. But when I pray, I do this. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm in Christ. God just said he raised me up in Christ. My spirit is in Christ. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father. So when I pray, I literally do this. Father, oh, you, you missed that. Okay, let me turn around just so we're, we're facing the same direction. I'm at the right hand of the Father. Father's here. Jesus is sitting at the right hand. This is the right. Can I get an amen? 
So I'm here. I'm right here in Christ, in the spirit. Father, are you following me? Not, not, dear God, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you love me and I don't know if you're going to bless me. I don't know, whatever. No, no, no. Father, you have made me a co-heir with your son, the Bible says. I am in Christ. I am sealed with the spirit of God. I am resurrected. I have new life. The old is gone, the new has come. You have all the authority and heaven and earth has been given to your son, therefore it's given to me because I can pray in his name. And you say, whatever I ask in his name, and I'm sitting right here with him, praying through him with his righteousness. And so I'm asking you to destroy the works of the devil in my life because my soul is tripping. My friend is tripping. So I want to make sure, I'm asking you, Father, with all the authority that you gave me in your son. I'm asking you to do this in my life. Are y'all following what I'm saying? You have to understand this because if you walk around thinking with all the garbage in your head, and we got garbage in our head. Can I get an amen? If you walk around with the garbage in your head trying to make salvation happen or make the peace of God happen or try to be holy in your own strength, you will fail. You have to make a conscious decision to trust and lean on what God has done here. This is your deposit. This is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Next week we're going to talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. One question I would ask you, what's getting baptized? I'll give you a little hint. Did y'all see that? Give you a little hint. You have to decide, Lord, I am going to... Not focus on what's happening here because there's a lot of demonic activity here. What does that mean? Stuff coming in your head that's telling you stuff that's contradictory to what's over here. That's your spiritual battle. Are y'all following me? So here's what we're going to do now. Is this making sense to y'all? So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to read like rapid fire all the things that are true about you. All the things that are true about your identity. These aren't things that are happening these are the things that have already happened. When I come to the, the Bible says I can come to the throne of God with boldness, not cockiness or arrogance, but boldness knowing I have already been accepted. I could walk down in the Padre game, and, and the first time I did this, I was a little nervous because I, walk, I walked out of the skybox, walked down, and I was going to the seat, and they were saying, you got a ticket. And I was like, I hope this ticket works. And I went, bam! <laughs> And like, oh, yes, sir, yes, come, come. And I was getting close, we were getting close to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the net right behind home plate. We were getting close. I was like, man, this is the bomb. This is the bomb. This is the, this is the bomb. <laughs> you can come to God confident that I am going to walk right up to the throne in my prayers and say, Father. And he's going to say, yes, my son. Yes, my daughter. I'm coming to you in Jesus' name. I know he's all over you. As a matter of fact, I only see him. I hear your voice. But you're in him. I see his righteousness. It's not your righteousness. I know that. I'm a dirtbag. I know you are, but that's okay. <laughs> but I've forgiven all that, even though you've got to work that out in your head. <laughs> are you following me? And if I come and say, hey, Father, you know, um, this person I'm getting ready to pray for, they have cancer. He says, I, I can deal with cancer. Uh, this person is discouraged. I can deal with discouragement. This person is blind. I, I've dealt with blindness. You remember my son did? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to walk on the pool. You're not ready for that, young man. <laughs> easy cowboy, easy cowboy. Little baby steps first. <laughs> a 
Let's look at who we are. Everyone sit, get, your, get your booty back in your seat in all the campuses. And we're going to read this out loud. These are all the things about your kingdom identity. How many kingdoms are there? What, this kingdom? And they are at? Very good. A kingdom warrior is a fierce, trained, relentless what? And a kingdom warrior does what to the kingdom of God? And say it again. And, and does what to the kingdom of the devil? Destroys. Very good, very good. Who was our teacher? Very good. The Holy Spirit. Uh, can we go back to the three slides again? This is very important for you to understand. There's a lot of stuff in here. I just want to get here. The Holy Spirit lives in you. It is your choice to walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit, lean on the Spirit, be guided by the Spirit. You and your choice can say, I'm just going to do my own thing. That's the conflict. But this is who you are. You are fully locked and loaded right here. It doesn't change. Fully locked and loaded. And if you say every day, Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Like, let's go. You feel froggy, let's go. Okay, let's go back to identity. Let's read this real quick. This is what happens to you when you get saved. Listen, I'm going to read this out loud. Y'all ready? Take a deep breath in and say amen. All the campuses, one, two, three, say amen. Good, I want to hear that fire in all the campuses. It says, one, two, three, I am his adopted son and daughter. I am approved. I am accepted. I am reconciled. I am the apple of his eye. I am hidden in Christ. I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I am chosen. I am called. I am destined. I am sealed. I have been filled. I am his workmanship. I am a new creation. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am the head, not the tail. Whoa, I am the head, not the tail. How many of you have been told you're the tail? What does that mean? That means you're behind, not forward. That means you're nothing. I am, I am the head, not the tail. I am above, not beneath. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am a, a free. I have power, love, and a sound mind. I am a king and a priest of the most high. I am the heir to the king. I am a friend of God. I am his beloved. I am blessed. I am the joy set before him. I am anointed. I was made in the image of God. I was exquisitely fashioned. I am a child of God. I am a temple. I was crucified with Christ. I am redeemed. I am a royal priest. I am a living stone. I am holy. I am an heir. I am a branch. I am his disciple. I am his body. I am a son and daughter of the great I am. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. That's who you are. And the only reason you don't live it, well, let me say this. The way you can start living it is to learn it, lean into it, pray it, learn it, pray it. Lord, reveal to me who I am. There's no magic in what I'm getting ready to tell you. I already told it to you. It's just what I do. But imagine yourself in Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, because you are. And just turn to your father and say, our father, he's not somewhere. By the way, he's everywhere, but specifically right here. And you were in Christ, his son who died for you. He loves you. And he sees his righteousness when he looks at you. He doesn't see my righteousness. For all those things to be true, you have to accept Christ as your savior. 
If you're walking around without Christ, your spirit is dead and you are left to your mind and your feelings. And the devil will beat you down. But if you would like to ask Christ to be your savior, we want to give you the opportunity. Then we're going to take communion at all the campuses. So I want you to get your communion cup out. At the last supper, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he gave to his disciples. Keyword, disciples. If you have never asked Christ to be your savior, we want to give you the opportunity before you take communion. Taking communion as a non-believer does nothing but convict you and reveal to God that you know the truth but you reject it. You don't want to do that. You rather, one, get saved and then take communion or don't get saved and don't take communion. Because if you don't get saved and you take communion, what you're telling God is, God, is I know the truth but I reject it. So we want to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your Savior, then we're going to take communion. Lord, there may be somebody here who needs Christ to be their Savior. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you realize Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead, I just want you to pray this prayer with me if you would like to ask him to forgive you. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I believe that I'm a sinner. And I believe the penalty of my sin is death. But I believe Jesus loves me, died, and rose from the dead. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. If you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up really high and we can see you and pray for you. God bless 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 you. We see you. God bless you. Lord, thank you for all those people. In Jesus' name, amen. Take the bread out. The Last Supper, he said, take, eat. This is my body that was broken. Lord, we thank you that you allowed sinful man to crucify you that sinful man may have an opportunity to be forgiven. We take this bread acknowledging your physical death. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says there's no forgiveness unless there is bloodshed. Jesus shed his sinless blood on our behalf. Lord, we acknowledge your sinless blood on our behalf, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes up to who we are in Christ. Holy Spirit, You must teach us. We can't figure this out intellectually. It must be revealed spiritually to our soul. Open our eyes that we may see truth and we may 
look in the mirror of the Word of God and understand who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Joyce, um, hey, can y'all do me a favor? Number, number two, is we're not, the service is not over, but what I do want you to do is uh, give Pastor Joyce a big hand. She, this is a, um, at first, when she first came out here, she was real nervous, but she does a great job, and she's not nervous at all anymore. Can I get an amen? <laughs> In Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Miles. I'm claiming that I'm not afraid in Jesus' name. And I love that one of the scriptures that Pastor Miles had up there was